This is 3 and 5 on SLC Management Podcast. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of 3 and 5. It's Steve Peacher at SLC. And today I've got Jack Paris with me, who's recently joined Infrared as head of Americas. Jack, thanks for taking a few moments today. Steve, thanks for having me. So we want to talk about energy transition, renewable energy, and the term energy transition is often used in the marketplace when people think about, you know, moving toward renewable energy sources, but it has different meanings to different people. So, and I know infrared, of course, has a, has a strategy that is based on energy transition. It has a long-term focus, a yield focus. So could you just comment on, you know, when you think of energy transition, what does that mean? And why, and why do we feel like the strategy that infrared's overseeing is a, is a good way to approach investing in, in energy transition? Sure thing. I think we have a very interesting strategy. It's underpinned by ESG-friendly hard assets that produce stable long-term cash flows that we think in the current environment with a fair amount of volatility is very interesting. So a central tenet of the energy transition is the production of clean, carbon-free electricity. That's kind of central to the whole energy transition. And as a result, one of the really big capital deployment opportunities within the energy transition is the build-out of renewable energy assets. Renewable energy assets such as wind, solar, and hydro tend to have very long asset lives, you know, 35 years plus in the case of hydro assets uh, in excess of that as well. As I mentioned, they're also characterized generally by producing fairly stable and recurring cash flows. In Europe, where the market for renewables is a little bit more advanced, we implemented a, a fairly interesting investment strategy around renewables, basically where we match the duration of capital investment with the underlying asset life. And the reception to that approach was, has been extremely successful. So in effect, what we're trying to do here in North America really is to replicate that same business model in North America, because the market here candidly is a little further behind. It's not quite as developed. The European market for renewables is much more mature. So we, we believe that the growth prospects for that same strategy are very attractive here. So obviously, renewables has been a big growth area. There are a lot of factors presumably behind that. But from your perspective, what are the biggest drivers driving growth in renewable energy infrastructure? Well, as you mentioned, there are a number of drivers, but I would say clearly the growing social imperative to address climate change and to decarbonize our economy is is amongst the biggest. The electric generation sector in the U.S., accounts for 27% of total greenhouse gas emissions. That's currently second only to the transportation sector, which stands at 28%. So they're basically the same size, but obviously one key way to decarbonize would be to change the way we produce electricity. In the US today, approximately 61% of electrical generation is still produced from fossil fueled energy. So we, we think, you know, there's, there's a real big opportunity to transition and deploy capital in the space. Another key factor is the fact that there's been a declining cost curve around renewables, which is a, a real tailwind for the business. So prior to the, the recent run-up in commodity prices, you know, related to the Ukrainian war, renewables basically produced energy at a levelized cost of energy comparable to fossil fuels and comparable to natural gas. Post the run-up in commodity prices, there, the, the attractiveness of renewables is even greater. And then finally, I'd say, I think we're all becoming even more sensitive about energy independence. And obviously, renewables are, are, are domestically produced, so it gets us on a path towards energy independence as well. 
I want to ask about the renewables in, in the current market environment. So obviously, we've seen a lot of volatility. We've seen rates move up. We've seen equities move down and have uh, increased volatility, cost of capitals going up for projects. So how is all of that impacting the renewable energy space? I think the opportunity set, notwithstanding some of those challenges, is still very, very attractive. For one, the demand for electricity is fairly inelastic. You know, we we obviously use it to heat and cool our homes. We use it to power our electronics. And this provides a baseline of consumption that's, that's fairly stable. However, there are new sources of demand, such as the transportation sector, where increasingly we're looking to power our vehicles from, from electricity. So these movements to electrify our economy are actually growth catalysts for, for the renewable sector. Secondly, as, as I mentioned previously, the, you know, the fact that com- we're seeing a, pre-l- a pretty meaningful rise in underlying commodity prices, that, that I think, again, bodes well for the future of, of renewables. And from an investor you know, standpoint or from a capital allocation or capital deployment perspective, renewables you know, tend to produce, because they're long life and their, their revenue streams are, are fairly well known, they produce stable and recurring cash flows, which I think in volatile environments um, tend to become more valuable. But look, to be clear, there, there are clearly some challenges. You know, there, we, we might face some headwinds on the economic growth front with the potential recession, uh, as you mentioned, higher financing costs and supply chain constraints. But but this is a long-term strategy, and I think the ability to manage through this over the long term will be manageable for us. Well, it certainly seems like this is a mega trend and that it will be impacted by in the short term, but this is this is here to stay. There's just too many imperatives to get to increase the infrastructure of renewable energies in the in, in North America and around the world. So thank you for all those comments. Let me end as we always do with a question on the personal front. I know from you're often on the road, either looking for new investments, talking to investors, et cetera. So outside of work, you know, how does uh, how does Jack Paris unwind? Well, I'm a, I'm a big hockey guy. I, I grew up in Toronto and I you know, played competitive hockey most of my youth. I try to relive my youth every Saturday morning. I do a 6.45 a.m. skate with a bunch of guys in New Jersey. And occasionally I jump on the bench and, and coach, the, coach the girls too. So it's what I do to uh, get my mind off of things. Yeah, well, be careful out there. You know, I mean, you're, no, you're not a spring chicken. So, you know, we got to make sure you're healthy. So, uh Listen, thanks you, Jack, for taking the time to talk about this. And thanks to everybody for dialing into this episode of 3 and 5.